0: podcasting straight from my front porch where together we can share our inspirational journeys with the world one story at a time thanks for supporting my inspirational journeys podcast My purpose is to provide a platform for authors, creative artists, and entrepreneurs to share their stories while also providing writing tips, encouragement, and inspiration to help you achieve your writing goals through faith and courage. By clicking the support this podcast button or following the link in my show notes, your monthly contribution of 99 cents, 4.99, or 9.99 will help me achieve mine. Welcome to Inspirational Journeys, everyone. My name is Anne Harrison Barnes, and today I am pleased to, uh, pleased to introduce my new guest, Sean Robbins, who has recently released his David View novel, The Crimson Deathbringer.
1: Welcome to the show, Sean. Hi. Okay, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, Anne. Um, let me start by saying thank you so much for having me on the program. This is my second podcast in interview in my life. So for me, it's quite an occasion. Thank you so yeah. much. And thank you so much for reading my book, by the way. G- glad to
0: have uh, you. And yeah, it's definitely fine. interesting.
1: So um, I'm Canadian. I'm an English teacher. I currently work and live in the UAE, Abu Dhabi. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I'm on my summer vacation in Düsseldorf, Germany. Tomorrow, I'm flying to Kiev, Ukraine. Wow. Yeah, I travel a lot. Uh, as a university teacher, I used to get the whole summer off, right? But since last year, it's only six weeks. Still, you know, it gives me time to travel.
0: Yeah, it, um, you, you remind me of a, another friend of mine who I interviewed um, a while back. She's lived in like five or six countries too. Um, so what inspired you to become a writer?
1: Well, um, that's a really long story. Uh, I've always wanted to be a writer since I was a child. I have an aunt who says, when you were like nine years old, I ask you, when you grow up, what do you want to be? And a lot of people say, you know, a pilot or a doctor. And apparently, I said, a writer. I don't remember that memory, right? But how exactly it started is, um, I've got, do you know what pure O is or uh, purely obsessional OCD? No. Do you know what OCD is?
0: Yes, obsessive compulsive disorder.
1: Okay, so, yeah, that one. So, you know, OCD basically is like, it's a person who has to wash his hands a thousand times a day, right? There is an obsession that uh, that leads to a compulsion that they have to do. Now, what I have is called purely obsessional OCD, which means there is no actual physical compulsion. How it works is, an idea comes into my mind, and it just doesn't leave. And then I have to think about it like a thousand times a day. Let's say I hear that I'm going to lose my job at uh, like at work. I'm going to lose my job, right? Then I start thinking about it. I'm like, Sean, don't worry about it. It's not going to happen. If it happens, well, you get another job. It's not the end of the world. So I calm down. But then 30 seconds later, I have to repeat the same process. And then 30 seconds later, and then 30 seconds after that. And once it starts, it ruins my life. For a week, for a month, for six months, there is no telling for how long, right? So I've been struggling with this pretty much all my life. I tried meditation. I tried uh, therapy, made nothing worked. Then one day, somewhere I read this happens because these people, well, me and people like me, we have an overly active imagination. And if we can channel it into something productive, this particular problem will go away. So at that time, I had a fight with my wife And my brain has started, you know, this thinking, non-stop thinking. And I told myself, okay, you know, you have tried everything else, let's try this one. That's when I decided to sit down and write my first novel. And it worked like a charm. Like, uh, my brain put the same energy that it used to put into producing thoughts that would torment me into producing story ideas. Like, ideas about the stories come to me with such a speed that I have a hard time recording them. And that's how I ended up writing my first novel.
0: Wow! I was about to say, sounds sort of like me, I don't have that, but I get an idea stuck in my head and it won't, and it's either hard for me to wrap my head around it, or it won't leave me alone until I write it down or do something about it. (laughs) I wonder if all creative people have. Probably. Makes you wonder, doesn't it?
1: That would make sense.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so um, did you write any short stories before you started the novel, or was this your first attempt?
1: No, well, what happens is when I was a child, I used to write funny, shorter stories. And when I was at the school, I used to read them in the classroom and for the teachers and things like that. But like I said, that was a childhood dream, basically. Um, I wrote the first version of my book, The Crimson Deathbringer, years ago. Then I I started getting my master's degree, then I had a career, then I started teaching, you know, life happened. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those dreams that you just forget about when you grow up. Until the story that I just told you about. So when I restarted writing, it took me eight months to finish my first novel
0: ah okay wow so did you self-publish or
1: no i have a publisher their name is creativia it's an independent publisher they have just changed their name into next chapter publishing
0: ah okay okay
1: um so if i may say so the book has been Well, you know, for a a first-time author, it has been quite successful. I've got more than a hundred. I'm sorry?
0: That's what I read when I read your description.
1: Oh, okay. It's probably there somewhere. Yeah, I already have like a hundred Amazon and Goodreads reviews, and most of them are like, like, 90% 90% of them are five-star, and the book back in May, the book was Amazon number one hot new release, and then in June, it was number one bestseller, both in U.S. and U.K.
0: Wow. That's amazing.
1: Thank you. And especially considering the fact that this is my first published novel, I, I get emails or on Twitter, people ask me, how the hell did that happen? Uh, do you have any advice? And I'm like, honestly, no. I. I, I I'm surprised myself. Probably just because it was a really good book. But other than that, no, I don't have any advice.
0: Your publisher must have marked it, helped you market it well.
1: Well, uh, my publisher takes care of the marketing side.
0: You're lucky. I, a lot of people who publish, even me, I'm into, I'm self-published, and even with tri, even with tra, traditionally published authors, they have to do their own marketing.
1: I'm true. surprised. No, no, uh, I, am, I am active on social media, you know, Twitter, Facebook, but that's basically it. If you want, I'd be happy to introduce you to my publisher. Mm. I'm just saying. Speaking of Twitter, this might, this might make you laugh. Just the other day, somebody left this message on Twitter, all capital. How dare you, uh, what was the exact thing? Rip my heart out with that death scene. <laughs> i was like is the complaint or is the compliment
0: no, i would i would I would consider that a compliment for one reason because honestly um that that just means you made them that that just means you made your reader care
1: true no i'm <laughs> so, sure it was a compliment
0: i'm just yeah so you should consider because i remember this one guy whose podcast i listened to and um uh, his the author stories podcast with Hank Gardner. Hank, if you're listening, I'm going to share this. Um, but he said he got an email from one of his readers who said, I hate you. You made me snot cry. <laughs> <gasps> so well, I considered that a compliment.
1: <laughs> right. On the same note, uh, a few people told me they cried a few times. And again, I, I consider that as a compliment. But the thing is, the book was supposed to be a comedy. But yeah, like, you have you finished chapter eight?
0: Not yet, but I did read, well, I did read the part where they think Jim uh, is a racist. Not to spoil it for anybody, you guys have to read this, but what was funny, and I'm going to use your quote, and, and, well, I would use your quote, but I don't want to offend anybody, but if it quacks like a duck, and it, it if it walks like a duck, <laughs> and it looks like a duck, yeah, yeah, you got to have to read the rest of that to finish to see what, what it was said. I'm not going to spoil that, because that would, that, if I finished the comment, it would spoil it, and I laughed. that was so funny
1: yeah actually the book is a comedy and yeah, yeah there is a lot of laugh out loud moments but at the same time one of my Amazon reviewers said something like this that even though it's a comedy from time to time it hits you in your head the same person said three times I had to put on the book and go for a walk because I was like that emotional now you'll see a taste by the end of chapter eight
0: yeah i'll finish it definitely now that you said that because you just got my, you piqued my curiosity you have piqued my curiosity <laughs> okay um so now speaking of the book um what is the what, it, i think it was stcu or sdcu something like that
1: uh security and counterterrorism unit
0: ah okay see so you uh, now that's another suggestion i want to make when you're introducing our acronyms like that in your in your future novels i don't know why your editor i don't know if your editor stated this too but make sure you're your you you clarify your acronyms from the beginning because that can throw people off too.
1: of course i i i i have to add this particular one is mentioned twice in the beginning of the book as security and counterterrorism unit
0: probably but i missed it somewhere <laughs>
1: I should have made it more prominent then. Not yeah, because
0: I, I know you you probably mentioned it, but me reading yeah. it and trying to take notes, I probably missed it, missed that somewhere. Now, what's a PPD? I'm, I'm, not I'm PPD. sorry.
1: What? What is a What? A, a PDD. Oh, uh, a a personal digital device. That one, you're right. I never mentioned it anywhere because mistakenly I assumed everybody knows what a PDD is right Mm -hmm. totally Mm -hmm. my mistake
0: or the ipad or like yeah well you know in
1: the future the idea is that all these things would sort of morph into one device that everybody has one right so i've seen it in a lot of sci-fi movies and because i'm a sci-fi fan myself I just assume everybody knows what a PDD is until 10 other people brought it up that no, what's a PDD? And some people said, even when we Google it, we cannot find what it is. So, again, you are absolutely right. Noted, I should take care of this in the, in the uh, next edition.
0: Right. Um, so, and I'm going to tell you another thing that I've noticed. It kind of, with, with Jim and his car, Max. I don't know uh-huh. if you're familiar with if you've ever seen the show the show from the eighties called Night Rider.
1: I, I know about it. I haven't actually you watched it.
0: reminded me of Michael and Kit.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> Those of you who haven't seen it, go back and see if you can find it on Netflix or find YouTube clips or whatever, but you got it. But yeah. That's what that reminded me of. And it also kind of I would call this a military space opera too. Because you got the resistance and the the tags and the a cocky mission and 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 the alien, the different alien alien invasions, but like I said, it, it kind of reminds me of military space <laughs> opera. Military
1: yes, you're right. Technically, it's an alien invasion story, which is a subgenre of a space opera, which is a subgenre of science fiction.
0: Yeah, but you got a lot of military. You got some military stuff in there too. Yes now is your pilot jim your fighter pilot is he uh do you use like aspects of life or you know your life or or the people around you to create your characters
1: well jim is basically a more macho and braver version of me
0: ah yeah he does have a mouth on him <laughs> <laughs> i can tell you that now he definitely loves to crack. He has wise cracks, and he does have a mouth, and so does, and so does Liz. She's feisty.
1: Yeah, true. (laughs) Well, um, I I made both her and. Have you met Oksana already? Chapter eight. Yes. Yes. um, well, Liz is mostly based on my wife, but then Oksana's backstory is based on my wife too, who is Ukrainian, and she said. I'm just quoting, she said, You totally thieved my story. Thief. <laughs> because you know her English is not like perfect.
0: Yeah. That's funny. That is just too funny. But yeah, Oksana is a pistol too. Right? I think Anastasia, her sister, is a shy one.
1: Yeah. Keiko
0: can be a pistol too. I'm sorry. Oh, Keiko. Oh, you met
1: Keiko already. Yes.
0: Yep. Yes. Oh, Keiko's a pistol.
1: <laughs> so you read the part that she beats, like, she goes to, to a hand-to-hand fight with, like, 16 men in the restaurant. Um, yeah. There? Yeah. Yes, yes,
0: yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But Oksana is, is violent. And um, I, I did not expect Kirk to be Jim's friend kurt's an
1: assassin
0: yes guys you guys have got to read this i'm telling you (laughs) pardon the spoilers but this has got now now that we're talking about it now i'm curious (laughs) now i want to read more because now i'm curious as to how this is going to end Yes. Yeah, but
1: the thing about their friendship is originally Kurt wasn't an assassin, right? He was a politician and he right. dreamed of and he dedicated his life to war peace. And then the circumstances pushed him into being an assassin. The first time we met him during that assassination scene in chapter one, yeah. that's the first thing that you notice about Kurt. He assassinates someone and he immediately regrets it.
0: Right. He kills Palermo. Yes. Oh, y'all, this is full of spoilers. I do apologize, but not enough to where it won't make you, won't read read it, but it's more to make you curious about it. Um, But yeah, so that kind of, I'm like, wow. But if he was forced into it, but they were trying to kill the um, STCU agents, and yeah, that didn't go over (laughs) well. (laughs) so tell me there is one thing i know the um the ataki alien tark and baroque take have holograms that take on human form but what is their true form or do i have to read to find that out
1: spoiler spoiler alert what you just mentioned was supposed to be a big spoiler and yes their true form is like a huge spoiler oh okay
0: so we won't we won't discuss that we won't no. discuss that. I will have to read no. to find out. That means you guys. Yeah, wait and see. see. <laughs> okay, I haven't gotten that for so. Don't tell me.
1: <laughs> yeah, but the scene that it is re- revealed that you know he's inside the hologram. Did you like the joke about the cows?
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh! How um, Kurt thought he was a not. Alan thought he was a cow for a week. Oh my gosh! Right. That. That was funny, and and of course Tark had to put that laughing, but I think Lily reminds Tark of his daughter.
1: Yeah, well, here's the thing that you have to remember. His whole species deal is being pranksters. They're all pranksters. That's what they do. That's why at the middle of all of this, with the fate of the universe in the balance, he still spends half of his time and energy pulling pranks on people.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh, and that mind control unit, I'm like, okay, that was something that was a new thing too um
1: I'm sorry, which one which one the one that the bad guys use or the one that the good guys use or both of them the
0: the well both well, I don't know much about the one that got, the bad guy the thezer tags but Michi um the the one that Michi,
1: the, yes, 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 the one that the good guys use, yes, yeah. yes, yes okay. And I have to say, Anne, if you're not a sci fi fan, this means that there are a lot of references in the book, like a lot of inside jokes that only, you know, like actually you you mentioned, you just mentioned the the thing about that old TV show about the car that I haven't watched, (laughs) funnily (laughs) enough. But there is a lot of references that sci fi fans would get. And yeah. uh, Yeah, well, anyways, let me tell you one. You just talked about Mickey. Do you remember when? Oh, Jim yeah. uses the mind control machine for the first time. Yeah. He comes out and he says, "I know kung fu." Ah. Do you,
0: do
1: you know which movie that's a reference to?
0: Mm, kung fu fighting?
1: No, Matrix. Have I you know watched it? Yeah, I
0: haven't wa- I haven't watched the, uh, that uh Oh,
1: you should watch Matrix. That movie is amazing. Now, a lot of the now now some of
0: the parts of the book remind me of Star Trek. Cuz
1: that well uh, jim is a trekker Well, i just said he's a, he's a kind of a version of me right i'm a right. big I'm a star trek fan so jim himself is a trekker and yes there is a bunch of references to star trek right right Do you know which one i like deep space nine No, no. I mean, which reference? No, no. (laughs) I I tell you which one. The first time that he uses that mind control machine, and you remember that machine teaches him things that he didn't know already, like how to flight a space fighter, right? Yeah. Then two or three paragraphs later, Kurt suddenly tells him, what the hell do you think you're doing? And Jim says, I let go of his neck, and I said, nothing. I just wanted to see if Mickey has taught me how to do a Vulcan Nerve pinch. Oh,
0: uh, yeah.
1: You know that's the thing that Mister Spock used to do by uh-huh. grabbing your-
0: Spock. yeah I, I I figured that one. Yeah. I kind of got that one because I, <laughs> I I'm, I've, I've 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 watched Star Trek, uh, the next the uh, Star Trek shows, but I've read a lot of the I've read some of the original Star Trek books and wow. a few of the Next Generation ones. But I've uh-huh. also read a, a, a one Deep Space Nine book. Okay, and I've read I've read some Star Wars stuff too. So,
1: so yeah. that's a space opera for you. You are very familiar with the space opera already.
0: Yeah, there are certain things. Like I said, there are certain things I like. Um, but I you I just have to get back into it because I'm a big mystery fan and and that kind of thing. So, yeah. Excuse me. Um. So are you working on anything, uh, on, on any new project?
1: Yes, I've just started writing the sequel after weeks of planning. Like I, I talked about the plot a lot. I talked to my friends. So I've just started writing the sequel.
0: That reminds me. Um, that, that's, what, that's another thing I was going to ask you about your writing process. Are you a, are you a pantser or do you, are you a heavy outliner?
1: Well, no. What happens is, as I just mentioned, the ideas just come to me, right? Basically, I walk around with my phone recording the things that come to me. Like I'm swimming. I'm a swimmer, by the way. I have to get out of the swimming pool 20 times just to record my own ideas. When they keep coming to me, then I sit down and shape them into the full story, right? So, no, I don't plan a lot. The ideas just come to me, and then uh, I just write them down.
0: Ah, and then they so change a
1: lot yeah. during the actual writing and then during the rewrites
0: oh yeah the mind do too i do a little bit of planning right. to kind of get the bare bones to kind of get the bare bones and then i work from the bare bones that's that's the way i do it uh everybody's different
1: mm-hmm. so i'm, I'm writing the sequel now it's supposed to be a trilogy and part three is gonna be epic like I, I wrote a book blurb for the sequel, and at the end of the book blurb says you guys thought the stakes were high in the Crimson Deathbringer, you know, with Earths being conquered and everything else that you're going to read later. Mm-hmm. Then I said, you ain't seen nothing yet.
0: Oh, dear. <laughs> I know you were recommended to, you You reached out to me on recommendation of uh, Mary L. Schmidt, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, she read my book, and then she said, she actually wrote a very nice review for me. Um, She's such a nice person. And then she, yeah, then she said, I should get in touch with you.
0: Ah, okay. Yeah, that's cool. So anybody, um, so, uh, I'm trying to think. So where can people find you online if if they want to connect with you?
1: Uh, my Twitter handle is at Sean Robbins 300
0: right you followed me on Twitter first before you uh, yes
1: actually I'm following you on Twitter too so that's easy to remember because Sean Robbins is my name and 300 like the movie
0: ah okay
1: and then I've got my own uh, website. Again, I think Sean Robin. If people Google Sean Robbins 300 or Sean Robbins the Crimson Death Springer, they can find my webpage. They can find my Facebook and Twitter.
0: Send me your website link because you gave me my your you gave me your Facebook and Twitter, but do send huh. me your website because I. Oh,
1: sorry no. about that. Absolutely, I'm gonna email it to you.
0: Okay, that's fine. That that I would uh, that would that would be great because then I can just uh-huh. add it to the blog post. Um. So, um, okay, so, so there's a couple questions that I'm going to um, take out of this because you, you, you said you weren't comfortable with them. So anyway, what was your favorite Bible verse?
1: I'm sorry, you didn't catch that. Okay,
0: what was your favorite Bible verse?
1: Oh, uh, this one, and that's something that I repeat to myself pretty much every day. It says, ask and it shall be given. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened.
0: Right, open unto you, right. And Matthew... Yeah,
1: unto you, I know. And the first line also has a U at the end. But yeah. when I say to myself, I just say it the way that I just told you. I don't repeat you three times.
0: No, that's fine. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Of, I know it's in Matthew. It's...
1: Yes, it is.
0: I don't remember what the verse is right now. But um, yeah, I'd have to look it up. But it's either in six, no, it's not in five. I think it's in, I think it's in either six or seven. I have to look. It's it's part of the Sermon on the Mount. I do know that. So anyway, any final thoughts before I close this out in prayer?
1: No, it was a pleasure talking to you. I really enjoyed the conversation. You made me laugh at least three times. So <laughs> thank you so much. It was great.
0: Yeah, it was okay. So I'm gonna, cl- I'm gonna, um, actually the prayer yeah heavenly father thank you for this day father thank you for this wonderful interview and thank you for introducing me to sean um through another one of my guests father i pray that you protect the listeners give them hopefully lord i pray that this episode has been of value to the listeners and that they've gotten something useful and helpful out of the conversation and father i pray that you will continue to protect sean and me in our writing endeavors in jesus name i pray amen all right so we challenge you today to go out there and read to get inspired write something inspiring and share it with the world share your creation with the world for when you've touched one life you've touched a thousand thanks for so much for joining us on inspirational journeys and have a blessed day Do you have suggestions for a future show, questions about writing, or feedback you'd like to give me, but you're not in a place where you can send an email? Well, don't worry, because I have news for you. Anchor has a new feature now called voice messages. In the past, you had to have an Anchor account and have the app downloaded onto your phone to leave voice messages, but now you can leave voice messages from anywhere. All you have to do is follow the link in the show notes. So I challenge you today to go out there and read to get inspired. Write something inspiring and share your creation with the world. For when you've touched one life, you've touched a thousand. Thanks for joining me on inspirational journeys. You guys have a blessed day.